0: Welcome to the Access Church Podcast.
1: Well, oh, praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of God with you. Amen. And uh, just let you know that uh, we, we watch you every Sunday morning. Amen. 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 This, uh, this is, we enjoy what the Lord is doing and to prophetically walk with you. Uh, the journey and uh, I remember when we were in, in a small little room and uh, and I walked out here and the Spirit of the Lord told me uh, in six months you will be out here and, and, and Brian looked at me and says you, you are absolutely crazy we are struggling here we, we're barely making it I don't know how we're going to I said if it's the word of the Lord there's nothing you can do to stop it and within six months, there were you, we were here, and uh, we are expanding and growing. And I praise the Lord for what the Lord is doing. And it's an honor to be here with you. And I brought my beautiful wife Anna with me to share and to speak a little bit and say hello to Access
0: Church. Good morning, everyone. It's awesome to be back in, in this house. Um, as we say that song. He never fails. And I just want to give a couple of testimonies. He restores broken relationships. Anyone who's going through marital problems, God restores. God restores because he never fails. He never fails. He is our healer. The last time I was out here, it was a healing in my body. But since that time, She's not watching. (laughs) My daughter. We went through a battle. We went through a battle. My daughter's 38 years old, mother of four, ages of 15 to six, to six, and Satan tried to attack her. tell you, the devil's a liar and God never fails. She, the report came back that she had cancer, 38 years old, mother of four. And it was a battle and we stood with her in agreement, but it was her faith and her risen Savior, and a God that never fails. And today, she is cancer free. Every scan comes back. No cancer. They said, oh, you have to do chemo. And she, from the beginning, said, no, I'm not going to do chemo. And she had, she told the Lord certain things. One of them, I don't want my children to see me sick. And then my daughter, and I don't want to lose my hair. Her hair means a lot to her. And guess what? Her children did not see her sick. She did not lose her hair. Every time they tried to give her chemo, her body rejected it. And I mean, in two minutes, her body rejected it. And she goes, Mom, I knew that I wasn't supposed to do it. And so we went. And I'm here to say she is cancer-free. She's beautiful. God answered every single one of her prayers. So I'm here to tell you, God never fails. I don't care what you're going through. God never, ever fails. So run to Him. Tell Him what your issue is. He already knows what it is. And He's saying, just ask, and I will answer. But we got to ask. We have to ask, so go to Him. He is an awesome, great, powerful, mighty God that we serve.
1: Praise the Lord. Man, it's it's gonna be a long sermon, but not that long. I don't need two mics. Oh, I'm just I'm just playing. Yeah. <laughs> she was she was supposed to speak for me, which she normally does. Amen. Amen. Um, yesterday we had a, an amazing time, and again, thank you, Brian, and, and Access Leadership team that endured my my craziness on the pulpit. And uh, I I always um, I always try to make the Bible come alive and leave you with burning hearts for the Word of God. And in the day of storytelling, narrative shaping, preaching that goes on, it's the biblical expository teaching that really needs to happen once again, where we expound the scriptures and allow the scriptures to be the voice that you hear. And I know many are very colorful they're very they're very animated but we want to hear the scripture speak to us we want the word to come alive and one of my endeavors in this time that I have with with churches and leadership is to get them to fall in love with the Word of God not not the effects of the Word of God but the Word of God that if, if heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass. I, I, I want that to start sinking in, that we become unmovable, unshakable when it comes to who we serve and in whom we believe. And it starts, a, it starts with a proper look at the word of God, a proper approach to the word of God. So we're going to take a, a quick journey um, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 24. That's going to be our keynote. Um, and it's a story. It's a, it's, a, it's a proof and an evidence of the resurrected Christ. It's part of the things that make, that make a, a, a Christian journey make sense. The highs and lows of walking with God the understandings and the misunderstandings of things that happen to us. Because your Christianity is not built upon theories and theologies. It's built upon experiences and events, things that happen to us, things that shape us, that make us go, hmm, what does this mean? And so when we look at the scriptures today, I want us to become personal with this. To understand that the word of God is for you today, and that you must understand how it comes together and how it will keep your life together. Amen. Y'all good? Okay. So we're going to journey through the scriptures. We're going to we're going to look at a, 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 a an event. We're going to look at a perspective. We're going to look at Jesus and we're going to look at discipleship and we're going to see how all that inner inner uh interconnects and converge converges into one narrative that Jesus is lord and he does what he says is what he says is going to do if he spoke it he'll do it one of, the, one of the things as I get ready to go into this that I want to give to you is Numbers 23, 19, where, 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 where this great man Moses writes and he, and he says, God is not a man. Mark that down. That's a huge statement. God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do. Come on. He'll. If he spoke it, He'll make it good. We serve a good God that makes everything good in its time. Everybody say time. Time. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles today, and and you should, I gave, uh, I sent notes, didn't I? I normally send notes to churches, and I don't even preach them. So I don't think I don't think that's that's uh, that's a good uh, that's a good place to start. But let, let's let's open our Bibles and um, I want I want to start off with uh, with the few with a few scriptures here. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse thirty-eight. And and the reason I do this, the reason I I, I start on these pretexts, these pretexts they they set up the proposition of I want you to believe and trust your word. One of Satan's greatest tools is to destabilize you from the word of God. To make you unstable in your faith. To make you unstable and untrusting of the very Bible that you have. He wants to destabilize you, make you wobble. Everybody can do it, wobble, wobble, right? I don't have the knees for that no more. But Satan wants you to wobble. He wants you, he wants to destabilize what you really believe. Paul writes and says, always be unmovable in the things of the Lord. Satan wants you to wobble. He wants you to just kind of, I, I, I don't know if I can really trust this. He wants to put gaps between you and the Lord and what the Lord has said. He wants to put gaps. And so I, we, we, we want to close those gaps today. We're going to close those gaps. We're going we're to begin to see how everything Jesus said is coming to pass. You cannot stop it. You can't stop it. Satan's running out of time. That's why he's pouring out his vile stuff now. The corruption of our children coming after the kids. You, you see all this cultural stuff spewing out everywhere from the top levels of our government all the way down to the border. It's everywhere everywhere. You can't, you can't even hide. And the, the power, and see, this is why we need powerful churches to inform, to inform our congregants about the kingdom of God and the message of the kingdom and not to embrace what the kingdom does not support. We have a different message and a different sound. Amen. Amen. So, we have to be an informed church. So, we're going to look at we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15:3 through 8 uh, as as a pretext because we want to set we want to s- we want to settle some things. So, when you look at this chapter here, 1 Corinthians chapter um, 15. This was a this was a letter that Paul writes to Corinthians. In that writing of Corinthians, it's a reminder because in Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 18, that Paul preached this message at that time, in Acts chapter 18, when he went to Corinthians, he preached this message. After he preached the message, he writes a letter because he preached that message. Acts chapter 18 is AD 51. After AD 51, he comes back four years later in AD 55 and he writes them the letter that he preached. It's very important to understand that just because we preach it doesn't mean everybody gets it. So he wrote what he preached so that it can be documented so that no one can say they did not know. That's why he gives us a Bible. Bible is documentation. That's why there's scriptures and texts. That's why there's there, there's there's literature. What? So that you can say, I didn't know. Documentation. Anybody ever been fired from work and they and they give a load of documentation? Right? Well, you don't believe we don't believe the Bible just because somebody told us. We believe the Bible because we got the documentation. Amen. So you won't wobble because you got documentation. Amen. Amen. So here's this, here's this verse. This is context. For I delivered to you first all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to Scripture, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after he had been seen over, by over 500. Everybody say 500. At once, of whom the greater part remain to this present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was risen, seen by James, then by all the apostles, then, last of all, he was seen also by me as one born due out of time. what, what why I'm saying this is because I'm taking you back to AD 30. I'm taking you back to the fresh wounds of the crucifixion. When something freshly happens, that is when the greatest documentation is necessary. Who was there? Who did it affect? How, did, how does your Bible come, come alive in us today? How can I trust it today? Watch this. Acts chapter 1, 1 through 3 says this. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he he, through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom. So now we understand that what Paul wrote in acts in in 1 uh, Corinthians fi- 15 he now Luke confirms it right here that there were some appearances there were some things that happened here that are consistent with their christianity they're consistent with why we believe what we believe this was this is a ve- this is a very strong strong um perspective to hold on to this is the strength of our of our christianity that jesus christ rose from the dead that our le- that our faith is not in vain that our preaching is not in vain it's all right here it's all right here so we're going to talk about the effects of a risen Savior, can I trust what we preach? See, being in the prophetic ministry—in other words, we prophesy, we, we we speak of things to come, we say things and they come. We pray for people all over the place. There is a higher level of a word. Paul, uh, Peter calls it a more sure word. Which is the word of God, which is this word that fulfills itself. Luke chapter 24. If you can go there, we're gonna we're going to we're going to lock in. Keep this pretext in, in place because this is, everybody say, the second appearance. He he Jesus first appears to Mary Magdalene. You can, you can see that in Luke chapter 24, the first one through 11, 12 verses. But we're gonna pick up, we're gonna pick up on these two disciples that they're walking on a road. Remember I told you, your faith is built and you learn on events, things that happen and and what you actually and how you actually see a thing, events, things that happen to us, experiences that shape how you believe and shape how shape how how you approach faith and how you see God and how you see your faith and your walk with God. Many Christians they. They never seen anything, so they don't expect anything. Those of us that seen some things, Pastor, Pastor Sandra got up here and says, I was born in a move of the Spirit. I know what it's like, what she's talk, talking about. I have events that took place in my life that has shaped me so that I'm able to believe. See, some of us have had things happen to us that have paralyzed us so that we no longer believe. We're here because we know it's right, but we doubt. And doubt will only allow you to see more doubt. Doubt only allows you to see more doubt. Doubt will never allow you to see hope. Doubt will never allow you to see the narrative that there is faith that can change everything. Because doubt is a paralyzing perspective to live through. Doubt, doubt will, will rob you. It'll shape narratives. It, 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 it will make you start believing things that don't exist. Doubt breeds fear. What is fear? Fear is the anticipation of pain or danger. Anticipation. means I mean, it's not even there yet, but it's happening. How many go to Thanksgiving dinners and you don't want to see your mother-in-law? Oh, you don't want to see that one person. And you, and, and and it, you know, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is three, four months away, but there's an image in your mind that comes that already forms a negativity about going to that event. That's what fear is. It's an anticipation of pain or danger. Fear breeds that so that you never come into a full experience of a good relationship because you have an anticipation already that creates a narrative that drives a behavior that forms a feeling and that forms isolation. We must come away from that. And we shatter that with truth. Everybody say truth. Come on. We shatter it with truth. We shatter, that with, we shatter that with God's word. So here we have a situation here. I want us to, I want us to look at Luke uh, 24, starting with verse 13. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles away from Jerusalem. A seven-mile walk. A seven, do we have any walkers here? Do you know how long it would take to walk seven miles? You know, it's roughly about a seven-hour journey, a seven-hour walk. Everybody say, seven hours. See, anybody ever drive seven hours? It's a journey. Seven hours, is like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're going to need God on a seven-hour journey. Watch this. Listen. And they talk together of all these things. Everybody say, all these things. John chapter 19, I want to give you about these things. I want to give you about the things they talk about. John 19, 25, okay? Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. You got a picture here of the things they're going to talk about. Okay? They're, gonna, they're they're talking about the cross. They're talking about what they saw. They're talking about they're talking about their nephew Jesus on the cross. Mary, Mary, the sister of Mary. I guess they're they're all Mexican over there, in, in there because every my sister Maria, who's that Mary Mary too? You know, kind of like uh, George Foreman. How many Georges do they had? Five sons named George. But when you look at this, when you look at this, I want you to begin to, I want the word of God to start making sense to you. Because this is right after, this is three days, everybody say three days. days. After he rose, after he was buried and died, and they saw this tragic thing. They saw Jesus nailed to the cross. They saw him crucified. Can you imagine Mary? the uh, the auntie of jesus sitting there watching her nephew being crucified on the cross and then turning around and says where is peter where is james where is john oh john you're right here next to i'm good you're good i like you john at least you stood here and stood by and watched my nephew be crucified Mary, Mary takes a very central family. Everybody say family. Because this is family time. This is when the family comes together and something's happening to a member of the family, and not even Jesus and his brother, not even Jesus' brothers were there. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, Mary's sister was there, and Mary Magdalene. Oh, those three, the Trinity. Mary Magdalene, Mary the sister, and Mary the mother of Jesus. This this should encourage all women to understand that you are so important to the ministry. You are so important to the witnessing of things that are happening in the church. Amen. So as Mary Mary the mother or the aunt of Jesus, Jesus watches her nephew be crucified there she's taking it all in the whipping she's taking the soldiers she's every all the narratives of Matthew and Mark and John wrap them all together she is seeing this in her sight she sees the 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 heavens change when he passes away it is finished she heard the seven words of Jesus she saw all these things that's you can't shake that from someone's mind. Anybody ever see an accident on the road and you can't get over it? You see something you're, you can't get it out of your head? She could not get this out of her head. Cleopas. Cleopas, the uncle of Jesus. He's also there. He's, he's watching this also. So when you take John chapter 19, put that in the narrative of Luke chapter 24 as we continue. So now you know why they are talking the way they are talking. In fact, after this, this, this gruesome sight that they saw, they saw him beat. They saw him being crucified. They heard the Roman soldiers. They saw the cruelty of man. They saw the judgment of God upon the body of Christ. They saw it. They saw the two thieves that that were on the right side and the left. They, They saw all this stuff. And now it's over and done. Jesus Christ is in the tomb. The third day, he rises from the dead. And Cleopas and Mary, they're no longer, listen, they're no longer in Jerusalem. They had to get out of there. They had to go home. They had to, because they had to deal, they had to detox with what they saw, but they couldn't get it out of their mind. So they're walking on this road. Everybody with me? Okay. They're walking on this road. And they have... They have a perspective. Listen to, the, listen to this, and we'll, we will walk this through. Now, behold, two of them were traveling the same day to the village called Emmaus, Emma, or the road to Emmaus. Emmaus. The, the, name, the name Emmaus is important because any, any women here that, that I know we're in the, we're the age of showers, but anybody ever still miss the nice hot bath? Not now. But after a long, exhausting day, after a long, exhausting, I just want a bath. I just want to soak in some nice hot water. I just want a spa. I just, I just want that bubbly all over me. I just, I just want that place of relaxation. The road to Emmaus, the Greek word for Emmaus, is a hot bath. In other words, we, we've gone through such a stressful thing. We've gone through something that traumatizes Now we're on our way. We need a hot bath. We're going home. We're, gonna, we're, go, we're, we're on our way to, to relax from what we saw. And what's important about understanding that we are all seeking relief from what has traumatized us. Come on. You know, very few people, you know, very few people don't want out of pain. There's a lot of, I know there's a few marginal people that sit there say, oh, no, hit me again. Listen, as they, and they talk together. All of these things which had happened. So what was on their mind? They were talking about the crucifixion. They were talking about what they saw. They were talking about the soldiers. They were talking about where were the disciples? Where were the ones that followed him? Where was Peter? Where was Peter? Peter, where were you, man? You were the one that I heard you say that you would never leave him. You would die for him. I remember. Where were you, Peter? Matthew, where, where were you, Matthew? You weren't there either, Matthew? Can you imagine the aunt and the uncle walking home talking about who betrayed Christ, who was faithful to Christ? It's kind of like church. Who's faithful to the church? And I know, I know. I know. And then you turn around and then you see, you see that uh, Cleopas and Mary, they're talking about this traumatic issues that took place. And then... And then as they talked together all these things which had happened, and so it was when they converse and reason. Everybody say "talk." talk. See, there's a lot of talk, but all talk is meaningless until reason comes in. In other words, you come into a discovery. You want to talk, but then you have to come into discovery. How many marriages come to talk, but they don't want discovery? We talk to things, but we don't want to get down to the main issues. Am I the only man that that tries to avoid the issues? Baby. (laughs) See, you have to understand, this was traumatizing because there was a... Listen. Listen there was a conflicting merit message, the one that came from Jesus himself, that he was Lord, that he was God. They didn't understand that he was the suffering Messiah. They wanted a political deliverer. There was a conflicting idea. That they did not expect him to be crucified. They didn't want him to be crucified. They wanted him to, to deliver them from Roman government. And, and so this narrative was driving them. And when they saw him, the everybody say the finality, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle that he did die. And he did, and he, and he was going to rise from that, that. They didn't know that. They didn't believe that part because they only believed the part that they wanted to believe. See, this is the problem with the church. We believe what we want to believe, not what he said. Jesus always said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. How many times did he say, I will rise again, destroy this body, and I'll rise it up on the third day as as uh, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish so shall the son of man be in the belly of the earth for and three he said this all over the place but they never wanted to hear that See, there are some things that we have preached in our movements of charismatic and favor and blessing and grace and and everything is unicorns and rainbows and we miss the other part of the message. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it's appointed once for man to die. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear repent and be saved. We don't want to hear those things. And so we create a narrative that isolates us from the truth of life. Jesus dies and everything is open now. Watch this. And he says, what time time do I got to (laughs) go? Just go? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Watch this. It says, but their eyes were restrained. Okay? So so it was while they converse and reasoned that Jesus himself. Listen, this is what you want. Anytime you want to start having a real discussion to come to real answers, Jesus will be there. When truth is sought, he will show up. Because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Listen, they, once they came to the point of reason, what was that? They began to do an autopsy of their thinking. They began to start analyzing, why do we think this way? Why did he die? Why the why's started coming up? And the minute you start asking the why's, that's when jesus shows up because the wise will lead you to the truth and jesus himself ever say himself see jesus in your marriage will show up himself jesus in your personal you'll show up himself when you begin to come to an autopsy of why you're thinking the way you're thinking how you perceive it the way why do i see it this way and this happened I like what Luke culture calls it. My heart was confused with what I saw and what I believed. Yeah, I quoted Luke, huh? Amen. Amen. Footnote. Now I got to send him an offering. So Jesus himself drew near and he went with him. Everybody say went with him. See, you must identify as a Christian that when you're in the, po- the, the, the posture of I know one another truth, that Jesus is right there walking with you. As long as you're delusional, you isolate yourself from hearing his voice. I'll say that again. You deny, you deny the evidence that God's word is all you need. He's, he's like, okay, have at it. But the minute you come and you begin to reason, he starts walking with you. He says, come on, now I can help you here. I can deliver you here. Let me tell you some truth here. Let me open up the scriptures to you. Let me do my thing here. Amen. Amen. Watch this. And then he says this. And he said to them, but, but their eyes were restrained. I like this. His, their eyes were restrained. Listen, if you look at the first initial resurrected appearances of Jesus, nobody recognizes Jesus because they're caught in what he was and not who he said he was going to be. See, some of us get disappointed with church because we thought we're caught with what it was, and as it grows, we don't know what it's going to be. We can't accept it. We can't see it. Because it's not old. It's not familiar. It's not what we thought. It's not like our other church. It's not like our other... Your perceptions are wrong. We have to continue to grow. They couldn't see him because they... The, the, the Greek word restrained is kratos or krateos. It's opposite of kratos. Kratos is power. In other words, their eyes became dim. Anybody have contact lenses or glasses... Right? Contacts, right? <laughs> I got contacts on too. Right? I take, my glass, I take my contacts off. The reason I got contacts is because my, my glasses kept making guest appearances at churches. <laughs> and I get on the airplane and go. <laughs> so now I pull, pull them out and put them back in. And if not, I go back to my bag. Oh, I got another set with me. But it's because my eyes are restrained. uh, There's no strength there. Kratos means strength. See, you need strength to see truth. You need strength to be able to handle what you see. And the resurrection, all the disciples, everybody appeared to, wasn't ready to see what they saw. Amen. See. See. We talk about, I remember when I told Brian, I, to, well, I walked in this room right here, and we were in that, that room over there, right? The middle one, yeah, right there. And I walked out my very first time. I looked at him, I said, you'll be in here in six months. His eyes were restrained. Wasn't a lack of faith. He was working. His narratives, the things he was going through, everything. He was not talking about growth. He was talking about survival. I walk in and I see something he don't see yet. His eyes are restrained. Six months later, there he is. Here you are. You're on a prophetic line of unrestrained vision, strong vision, seeing things that nobody else sees, accepting things no one else sees. Amen. I'm re- I digress. Amen. He says, what kind of conversation, and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have one with another? Then one of those named Cleopas, can you imagine your aunt and your uncle not recognizing you? Right. <laughs> Hello. If you're a flotus, everybody knows you because we all got the same haircut. They did not recognize him. Listen to this. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and says, are you the only one? Are you the only stranger that have not known the things that happen there in, in these days? And he said, what things? You have to understand in order for truth to come in, you have to be able to handle questions. Questions are the friend of Jesus. Jesus plays along with them. Uh, what, what, what friend? What? Tell me what happened. Explain to me. Explain. Talk to me. I don't know what you're talking about. See, Jesus wants to hear your full narrative. He wants, to hear, he wants to hear everything of why you think the way you do. Watch this. And he said to them, what things? So they said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and in word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and other rulers delivered him to be condemned and crucified. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Think about this. Three days they were sitting in Jerusalem, marinating. Everybody say marinating. See, when you hang around people that have the same narratives and you can't handle it no more, you got to go. They said, we got to go home. We need a hot bath. We got to get rid of this. What we saw was devastating. Because when your hopes, when your hopes and your dreams are shattered, only truth can keep it together. Amen. Watch this. And then he says this. And then he says, verse uh, uh, 22, yes, and certain women of our company who had arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had seen, also seen a vision of angels who had said he is alive and certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. It's very difficult to believe a message that someone told you without any evidence. They said, I, the, the disciples were like, we don't believe this. No way. That's when, Peter, that's when Peter and John went running to the tomb to go check it out. They found that tomb empty. Now, Jesus doesn't play with people. Listen to this. How many here have been walking with Jesus for a long time? How many have been disciples of Jesus? You call yourself a disciple. You follow him. You're, you're, you, you want to learn of him. You want the scriptures. You want this. Okay, get ready. This is his family. Listen to what he, listen to what he says to them in verse 25. He then said to them, Oh foolish, oh foolish and slow of heart to believe, in all the prophets have spoken; ought not the Christ have suffered these things, and to enter into his into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all that the scriptures and the things concerning himself. So this is what this is this is what is is, is taking place with the with the people that are caught in a the narrative. Their heart is too slow. To catch revelation knowledge, they're not ready for revelation because they're too slow. They don't have enough gigabytes in their heart. They can't run the program of the kingdom because they're too slow. The Greek word, slow of heart, is is that word to mean you can't connect the dots. He opens up the scriptures. Listen, unless Jesus opens up the scriptures, scriptures remain closed. That's why reasoning, asking the questions, as a church, why are we doing what we're doing God? Don't ask Pastor Brian. Ask God. Come with your reasoning to him because you want to know the truth. You want to know the, the the vision, the plan. You open up to him because this road to Emmaus is a road to where five minutes, thank you, baby. What time do we have to be at the other church? Okay, so, yeah, we got to leave here. At, at, okay, got it, I got it, okay. I'm measuring the runway. I'm measuring the runway. You Okay. So, so we're we're looking at we're looking at Jesus confronting their hearts. See, we want God to change our circumstance without changing our hearts. Confronting our issue. He says, Oh foolish ones, slow. Everybody say slow. See, we want, we want those that get it to not get it to catch up so that the ones that don't get it to catch up. No. No. Anybody drive? Anybody drive in San Antonio? Right? Cause y'all don't, out here, you don't have traffic. Two, two cows walk across a chicken, a coyote. It's, that's traffic. It's a lovely way to live. Trust me. Most most highways. Most accidents on the highways happen because people are too slow in fast lanes. Most accidents happen because people violate known laws. It's the same thing in the spirit. You, you are on the, you're off the road and you're roadkill because you disobeyed certain laws. And the Holy Spirit arrests you on the side or you crash into somebody. See, most, most church accidents happen because somebody's going too fast and someone's going too slow. Why do you think the bind in Germany is so is so uh, awesome? It's because everybody goes fast. See, the synergy of a church is when people start moving at the same speed. See, Cleopas and, Mar- and, and Mary, they were too slow. Everybody says too slow. See, some of you are too slow. You want somebody to always come pick you up, take care of you, th- feed you do this you want pestering not pastoring he didn't shake my hand i i'm going back to the other church i like how they preach here but he don't shake my hand i want to go to the guy that shakes my hand and doesn't preach good because i get my personal attention you're too slow you're too slow See, some of you are just too slow. You're 18, you're going to be 25. And if you don't progress, you're too slow. You're too slow. Jesus was telling Mary, he's, can you imagine telling your uncle and aunt, you're too slow, auntie. Number one, you don't even recognize me. Number two, you're way behind me. And he, listen, and he, ever say, he opened the word. word. Give me the word, the word, the word. Let's do that again. He opened the word. He opened the word. word. Listen, see, anytime someone gives you a philosophy without opening the word, run. Jesus did not sit there and and tell tell them a story about the cross. He took them to what was said. He took them to the prophets. He opened the scriptures. For seven miles, he walked with them, explaining the scriptures, explaining the scriptures. They get to Emmaus, and I love Jesus because Jesus just gives them the text, gives them the scriptures, gives them. He don't tell them a story of, of how he grew up and, you know, it's... most preachers think they're more interesting than Jesus. They think that what they have to say about Jesus is more important than what Jesus says about himself. They forget that scripture interprets scripture. We have to come to the place again as preachers that we give them scripture for everything we do. Jesus expounded the history of, of himself throughout the Bible. Seven hours. Can you imagine? Man, we got 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Jesus walked with them for 20, for seven hours. Can you imagine getting lectured for seven hours? Genesis, what Moses wrote. Abraham then goes to Moses, from Moses to Joshua, from Josh, from Joshua to Daniel, from Daniel to David, from David to... All the prophecies about himself, all the way to Malachi, all the way... And then he goes... He's doing this on that seven road, on that seven-hour walk. They get to the house. They look at him, and they said, stay with us. Stay with us. And Jesus says, Jesus, I like, see, Jesus plays hard to get. Jesus is like, I- I- I'm, I'm going to leave now. And they're like, no, 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 stay, stay with us, stay with us. And Jesus goes, No, I'm gonna go. I don't want to be a bother to you. You know, no, 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 stay with us. They grabbed him and said, No, no, you're coming with us. It's nighttime, the day's gone, and Jesus says, That's my auntie. They go to the table, they go inside the house, they sit down, Jesus is a guest. Eastern culture is that the guest is waited on with hospitality to the end. I love Axis Church. They take care of us to the end. It's a beautiful thing. Listen, read your scripture. Jesus goes to the head of the table. Why? Because he takes control of the house. Anytime revelation is going to come to you, it's because Jesus is at the head of your life again. Sometimes we don't catch up. Jesus comes to the head of where you're at and supernaturally moves you forward. He takes the bread and he blessed it. They didn't get it. Listen. They didn't get it yet. He blessed the bread. Then, the next step, he broke the bread. When he broke the bread, they saw the wounds. The same ones that were on the cross, the same ones that hung there and cried, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The same at hands that told the Lord, it is finished. They saw that and they went, it's him. And he took off. But what left behind him was not the fact that they saw the wounds. Listen, there weren't scars. There were wounds. You only get scars through healing in time. They may not have recognized him if it was scars. But because it was so fresh... saw his wounds if you were at the how many were at the leadership conference yesterday what did Jesus give them an opportunity to see the evidence that what was on the cross is now in your living room and it's now in your heart Everything shifted because all they wanted was a warm bath after a stressful situation that confused their lives and confused their hearts. And that warm bath can only be taken when you examine the evidence. And come to a revelation that Jesus is Lord. I love the church, the ecclesia of what we do, but I love the one that birthed the church. Because I've examined the wounds. I can't turn my back on him because I saw the wounds. I saw them nail him. I can't get that out of my mind. But now I saw the wounds, the resurrection. I can't get that out of my mind some people will hold on to negativity and always lose their possibilities i've been walking with the lord i've been preaching 43 years walking with him i was born in church i have people And know people that heard the same word, saw the same evidence, and they're too slow still. People don't need counseling. They need to be honest. Oh, help. No, let's stop depending on each other. Let's depend on him. Depend on Him. Take the pressure off leadership to cater to you and depend on Him. And start saying, I saw the wounds. And guess what? Guess what? After Jesus takes off, you know what they said? My, how our hearts burned. Burned. My heart is burning. Because when he opened the scriptures, he opened my heart. See, God opens your mind. Then he opens your heart. And then your heart opens your will. These disciples sat there going, that's not my nephew that's my god and my heart burns my heart burns with the word of god they didn't go to sleep guess what they did they went back to jerusalem to tell the disciples that what mary told them that crazy woman that that said jesus is alive I'm here to tell you, disciples, they're running seven more miles back. Seven more. See, this is what it takes to build a church. People that have boundless energies because they have. (laughs) You're never too tired. You are tired because you're bored. You're not doing anything, nothing's been revealed. I got to go. I got to go. Listen. I want to pray for those of you that have a slow heart. Do you want to take this city? Pick up your pace. Get rid of your narratives. Get rid of your doubt. Pick up your pace. Pick up your pace. I got preachers I deal with. I don't deal with them no more. They're too slow. You're too slow, man. How do I know that? They want my energy. They don't want my revelation. I got time, man. I got time. You know my test for discipleship? I give you a book to read. I give you three weeks to read it. You don't read that book and call and text me back and let me know. We're ready to discuss it. I have no time for you. Why? Because they're too slow. They're too slow. Why do you why do you talk about talent if they won't take the time? Does it matter? Jesus told his own aunt and uncle, You're too slow. You're too slow. This morning, if you're slow, and I admit it, I was slow. I'm slow. There's certain things God wants me to do. I'm slow. We're going to pray for that today. How many would like to see this campus at 300 people by the end of the year? How many would like to? No, no, no. Stand to your feet if you want to see that. Stand. These are the committed. Listen. No, listen. It's true. It's a biblical model. All throughout the book of Acts, and the Word grew, and the church increased. The Word grew, and the church increased. The Word grew, and the church increased. All throughout the New Testament. All throughout the book of Acts. Today, how many want to grow instantaneously? Say, I'm going to be bigger, and I'm going to go. We separate the sheep from the goat here. Listen, some people only stand because they don't want to be caught sitting down. They're outnumbered. You can't hide that way. Action, action, action. Action, action, action. And it's no, listen, it's no It's no detriment to you or no finger pointing to you if if you've fallen behind. I've done it. I've done it. I've fallen behind on things. But truth tells me to pick up my pace. Pick up my pace. Anybody ever hear that? You know better. Pick up your pace. You know better. That's what Jesus told his aunt and uncle pick up your pace you know better and then he showed them and reminded them in case they forgot today with every hand raised to the heavens right where you're at those of you that that want to preach those of you that are called to preach you know this is your church you want to preach you want to minister you oh you have children that you know they're called and they're in the nursery right now you know they're called you know, there's something on them. Wait, just wave your hand to the Lord because you're gonna, you're gonna intercede for them. You're praying for them. This, you're gonna, right? Yeah. Yeah. Father, in Jesus' name. Pastor, come up here with me. Yeah, is our pastor here? Come on, we're gonna hold hands. We're coming to agreement that we're going to grow and increase. We're going to stop being slow. Father, in Jesus' name. Apostolically, we call for growth. To double. To save souls. In Jesus' name. Cause your word to increase in every believer. That the word will expand in them and grow and increase and the church will grow and increase. Father, supernaturally, by your presence, by your power, in Jesus' name, we refuse to be out of step with you. We refuse to walk in false narratives. We refuse to interpret incorrectly what you are doing, what you are saying, where you are leading us. In Jesus' name, Father. let our hearts burn this morning give our spiritual cardio make our hearts burn make our lungs expand so we can breathe more move more make our lives more elastic so we can bend and move and stretch and give us speedy recovery those that are hurt those that are broken those that, that have gone through trauma in Jesus name be healed every depressive action be healed in Jesus name every broken marriage be healed in Jesus name because we're no longer going to be slow We're gonna be fast. We're moving into the fast lane of revelation knowledge. We're moving into fast lanes of being healed in Jesus' name. What the doctor said would be one year is gonna be one week in Jesus' name. We're gonna move supernaturally, Father. Take this city, this area, this region in Jesus' name. Pour the people here in Jesus' name. Because access is a safe place for broken people in Jesus name thank you for your truth thank you for your word we move in you and we have our being in you in Jesus name
0: Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.